This is a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. The Star Wars universe centered in this galaxy here has of course been the center of many stories filled with action, intrigue, and mindless cash grabs for toy licensing, but it is also home to an amazingly developed economy. No fictional universe that I know of has the level of depth that the Star Wars universe has garnered. From the movies, the games, the books, and even the fanfiction, it has all built a surprisingly tangible reality in this fictional galaxy. A large part of that reality is the surprisingly realistic economy that has been fleshed out in the narrative of the Star Wars universe. The economics of galactic trade and military spending is a long way from the center of the stories, but it is still a foundation that, whether intended or not, gives an added layer of realism to a science fiction story about space wizards. Before we start exploring the history of the Star Wars galaxy's economy, we must first wrap our heads around just how mind-bogglingly large this economy is. Earth in 2017 had an estimated GDP of 80 trillion US dollars, which is obviously quite large. Earth is a modern and mostly industrialized, technically evolved planet. We have technologies that enable nuclear power, mass production, computer science technology, almost instantaneous communication, and the ability to generate and store a large amount of energy in useful forms, like turning black rocks into electricity, or sunlight into electricity, or nuclear power into electricity, and you get the point. All of this makes the world today massively more wealthy than it was even 20 years ago, and thousands of times wealthier than it was in, say, the time of the Romans. The ability to harvest more resources and convert more energy more efficiently is a really good benchmark for the size of an economy. Now, we have looked at economies like, say, the Democratic Republic of the Congo, that have all of the resources that they could ever want, but are still stuck with a tiny, unproductive economy because of the issues around governance and the industriousness of the nation. But if we look at their energy production, we will find that it is more in line with their GDP figures when compared to other nations. The more energy a nation produces and consumes, normally the larger their economy is, generally speaking. Another big thing is that in this video, I am going to say, produce energy. And I know, I know, energy cannot be created nor destroyed, only transformed, but please bear with me here. This is a video about economics, not thermodynamics, and you know what I mean anyway. Okay, so with that out of the way, the relationship between energy production and economic output is surprisingly strong. And while it is hard to say if it is a strong economy that dictates more energy is produced, or whether it is more energy production that facilitates a stronger economy, it is easy to say that they go hand in hand. Call it a chicken and egg. Now, in the case of the Star Wars universe, it is easy to determine that the galaxy is transforming energy on a scale millions of times that of Earth. They have faster-than-light travel, interplanetary communication centers, and space stations that can literally vaporize entire planets. And all of this takes a lot of energy. Fundamentally, there is actually a way to quantify the technical proficiency of the galaxy far, far away. And it is called the Kardashev Scale, which is a measure proposed by the famous Soviet astronomer Nikolai Kardashev. The Kardashev Scale breaks the civilization down into three main types. A Type 1 civilization has complete control over the energy on the scale of a planet. A Type 2 civilization, which has complete control over energy production on the scale of an average sun. And a Type 3 civilization, which has complete control over energy on the scale of a galaxy. Now this scale isn't actually a rigid three slots and that's it kind of deal. It is actually a logarithmic scale with civilization type simply proposed by Kardashev as a kind of progress marker. Earth, for example, is about a Kardashev type 0.75 civilization. So, you know, we kind of suck. We didn't even make it to type 1. 
The Sun produces trillions of times more energy than Earth, and the galaxy is full of billions of stars. So it goes to show how far ahead a civilization like the Galactic Republic would be over Earth. Now exactly where to place the galaxy far far away on this scale is actually quite difficult. Because while the Galactic Republic did traverse across half of the galaxy, it did not colonize every known solar system, and it really only focused on systems with inhabitable planets or resources. Official statistics show that there were 50 million colonized systems in the Star Wars galaxy as of the start of the Clone Wars, a far cry from the billions of suns that would have fallen within the same region of the galaxy. So that means that they left a lot of potential energy sources kind of just sitting there. There are other considerations here as well. According to sources on Star Wars technology, a lot of energy was not harvested indirectly from suns like it is here on Earth, but through nuclear technologies that made things like Death Star reactors possible. So we can assume that they were utilizing a little bit more than the 50 million suns worth. What this would mean is that the Star Wars galaxy is approximately a Kardashev Type 2.4 civilization, producing and using approximately 10 to the power of 27 watts per second, or 10,000 billion trillion trillion watts every second, all going to power things like spaceships and lightsabers and intergalactic ironing presses. If the relationship between wealth and energy consumption holds true at this level, that means that the Star Wars universe would be home to an economy 2.5 million billion times larger than Earth, giving the galaxy far far away a GDP figure of 200 octillion US dollars, which sounds absolutely insane. But when you consider the scale, population and technology of the Star Wars universe, it stands true. The International Space Station is a marvel of human ingenuity and it cost the nations that contributed towards the project an estimated 150 billion US dollars. In the galaxy far far away, a ship of this scale is extremely commonplace and it would be held in similar regards to perhaps owning a boat today on Earth. Not exactly something everybody has, but well within reach of even lowly members of society like say, smugglers. The general access to material goods like spacecraft is considered in living condition. In the same way that jet travel is commonplace today, it would have been considered the domain of the gods in ancient Rome, because the society has become far wealthier. And so the same is true by extension for the Star Wars universe. We can't imagine faster than light travel on starships the size of cities, but it is commonplace in the Star Wars universe. The population of the Star Wars universe was also around 100 quadrillion or 100,000 trillion at the time of the Galactic Republic which means that the GDP per capita figure of the galaxy was around 2 billion US dollars per person, which again, sounds insane. Today, there are only a few hundred billionaires in the world, and the maths here would suggest that people in the galaxy far, far away have this as their annual consumptive power. Again, it must be remembered, and even when controlling for inflation, that a millionaire 200 years ago was almost unheard of. Today, millionaires are still special, but not that kind of crazy. You probably know or work with someone who has a million dollar net worth. This is because living standards have improved and the general wealth of our civilization has accommodated for more individuals wealth on this scale. When we extend this out to an extreme like the level of productive capacity we see in the Star Wars universe, it stands to put everything into perspective. Okay, so the Star Wars universe is leagues ahead of us, not only in terms of technical proficiency, but also economic prosperity. But that doesn't mean it is not without its ups and downs. And even in the few years that the narrative of the cinematic trilogy takes place over, we can identify some distinct changes in the galactic economy. 
High above the planet of Naboo, we are introduced to Obi-Wan Kenobi and his master Qui-Gon Jinn on their way to negotiate the trade blockade enacted by the Trade Federation, a quasi-nation corporation responsible for a large portion of trade throughout the known galaxy. There were some droids destroyed and some lightsabers waved during this negotiation process, but more importantly than all of that, this was the end of the absolute peak of economic prosperity in the galaxy far, far away. At this time, the galaxy had been under the rule of a representative senate that had recognised the independent states all over the galaxy, but for the most part, brought them under the umbrella of a single nation with its capital on the Eucomonopolis planet of Corazon, which was by far the most populous and influential planet in the galaxy. The Galactic Republic had prosperous industries, trade routes and corporations, it built space highways and brought around a large period of peace amongst the worlds that fell under its umbrella. The rule of the Galactic Federation was so long and peaceful that for the most part, it didn't even have an active military because internal conflicts between member states were limited and outside of that there were only a few fringe entities that were outside of Federation control. So they really didn't have any rivals to defend themselves against and hence no reason to spend money maintaining a standing military. Regular channel viewers will know that stability is the foundation of any good economy and a peaceful and cooperative republic that served its nation states for over 1000 years is pretty hard to beat in the stability department. This all came to an end though when the Clone Wars kicked off in the prequel trilogy. The Separatists were a group of states from the Federation that were uh, separated from the Republic bringing about years of civil war which would have broken down trade agreements, supply chains and caused havoc on the stability of the galactic economy. This was all in turn made worse when the Galactic Empire was founded. Now the Galactic Empire was an authoritarian state led by the Emperor, but it was incredibly unwieldy simply due to its enormous size. The Galactic Federation was easier to govern because for the most part the system states were working for each other. They had their own industries and the work that they did went directly to benefit them. So not only were their motivations to be more industrious, there was also less of an incentive to be rebellious. When the Galactic Empire rose to power, one of the first things they did was nationalise things like shipyards, banks, manufacturing centres and the like. So suddenly people were no longer working for themselves, they were working for the Empire under increasingly oppressive conditions. We have explored authoritarian states on the channel before and found that they are really, really not conducive to strong economic output. What was more is that the Galactic Empire was channeling more and more money towards the largest military the galaxy had ever seen which was used primarily to continue to subjugate the systems already under the Empire's control, which is great for being a dictatorous ruler, but not so great for building a productive economy, especially if you attempt to keep control of your proletariat masses by barbecuing productive planets that technically fall under your control. What makes this worse is that the Empire eventually falls to a group of rebels with hopes to liberate the galaxy. Now these intentions sound great, but they will need to reinstall a new government in the place of the Empire that was overthrown in a civil war. Speaking purely from the perspective of an economist, dictatorships aren't great, but the power vacuums formed by militaristic coups are even worse, and it is logical to conclude that the galaxy would have suffered terribly in the power vacuum that was the New Republic, which caused politically sympathetic groups like the First Order to attempt to regain control over the galaxy through militaristic means over the course of a trilogy that I wish they never made. Very angry, guru guru guru. In the same way that the wealth of our modern civilization today would be unimaginable to someone living in Rome 2000 years ago, the scale and wealth of the galaxy far far away is unimaginable to us today, but it is still an economy made up of individuals with their own motives and desires. The galaxy has resources and technical proficiency on a scale truly mind boggling to us, but that doesn't mean that people don't want more and more and more, and eventually even seemingly limitless resources run dry. 
The study of what individuals do with limited resources is what economics is all about. And this extends to economies at any level, be it a small local economy, a national or global economy, and even scales up to fictional galactic economy many millions of times the size of any economy that exists today. The same fundamental issues of human nature hold true, and so the same economic forces apply. Hi guys, I want to say a quick thank you to our patrons over on Patreon. Thank you for continuing to support the channel. Otherwise, I hope you enjoyed the latest video. I will be live streaming a Q&A session on our Discord server or our second channel for an hour after this video goes live. Otherwise, if you did enjoy, please consider liking and subscribing. Thanks guys. Bye.